Welcome everybody, whatever your station in life. This is a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. I'm Ted DeMaison. I'm Lisa Rowland. We together are the Monster Baby Podcast. Are Ted and Lisa, and we do this podcast. <laughs> That's funny. T- today, we are tackling, engaging with, exploring a topic, kind of a two-part topic, but it's saying no. Saying yes. Yeah, yeah. Talked about saying no and how it goes against some of the basic tenets of improvisation, which makes it difficult for me, certainly, mm-hmm. uh, and how it's a major growth point in my life is learning how to say no and to what I, sh- I couldn't be saying no. Yeah, we also explore what does mindfulness have to say about saying yes and saying no. And then we get weird. And then we, <laughs> we start talking about the Zodiac and Saturn, Mars. Enneagram. Saturn's got a tutu on. We'll move through the Enneagram. Ted's past lives. It yeah. gets cool. Yeah, and it gets a little personal too. It so gets a little personal, yeah. We're talking, talking about, you know, my heart. Yeah. But uh, I think... Be we, gentle. Let's be, <laughs> be... Be gentle with Ted's, Ted's heart. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of fun too. Yeah. So, so anyway, so let's let's let him go. Let's let him get on and get on with it. Here we go. Enjoy, people. Let's get this show on the road. On the road. Is it a dirt road? What kind of road will we get the show on? All of them. Oh. All the roads. Okay. It's a road trip. Paved, dirt. We'll do it. It's probably paved with good intentions, I hope. Just or, like the road to hell. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're talking about saying no today. Or yes. Or yes. Yes and no. I somehow am just you're really more, so much more, more inspired by talking about saying no. You're clued into the no. Yeah. I think we need a little yes prelude to the no, but that is what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Every time in this episode when we say yes or no, I'm like, or no, or yes. It's going to get really annoying by the end, I'm sure, (laughs) if I keep doing that. Okay, but yeah, let's start with your inspiration. Because this is going to be, that's where some juice is. Yeah, it just feels so like, maybe it's just totally up for me. And I think it's up for a lot of improvisers. I mean, I I think that a lot of improvisers face this. I think there's like... There's a, a stack of qualities that I have that mm-hmm. makes this a really present conversation in my life. Okay. Um, one of them is that I'm a, I'm a freelancer, like I'm self-employed in a number of ways. You right. know, it's like I, I have control over how and when and where I work. Yes. Which is a huge gift, but it also... Okay, so that's one. Yeah. Uh, I'm an improviser. Sure. I'm a woman. <laughs> okay, so what, hold on though. Let's not brush by it. Improviser... For folks who may not be clued into that world, means that you are trained to say yes. Yeah, yes, saying yes is the first rule. Okay, is the first first tenet of improv. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. agree. So the, agree. The, so say that yes. would, that adapt would, like you're. Right. It's all okay. Yeah, so that would lead you to say yes. Um, and reinforce a, any compulsion to do so. Right. And reward it. Yes. Right. Um, and then there's the like, you know, women are conditioned to be accommodating. Mm-hmm. idea and so so yeah and so the thing that i find juicy about this topic is sort of the the power that i have found and the freedom i have found in learning how to say no mm. and like considering that an option mm-hmm. like being willing to say no mm-hmm. and do you mean on stage primarily or are you talking no off stage primarily? no i mean totally off stage okay totally 
Yeah, because I want to. I'm going to be interested to explore where does that show up on stage too. Yeah. But okay. But so say more about your saying no in life. What are you saying? What would you want to say no to? Of all sorts of things. I mean, lar- largely uh, invita- invitations. Can okay. you do this? Can you step in for this? Can you teach this class? Are you available to meet me for this thing? Like just commitments. Yeah. Things that would fill up my space and time and the idea that a previous version of myself would if if somebody said oh can you do this can you can you teach this thing on this afternoon and I looked at my calendar and I technically had those hours free the answer was an automatic yes wow I was like if I can then yes and sort of like in the last few years I've learned to insert a step which is uh do I want to do that thing <laughs> is that thing interesting to me yeah and and also, even if I want to do it, and I am technically free in those hours, is it going to make my, is it going to make me crazy? To to put that in, right? To to plug it in between two other things, yeah. or on a week that I'm already super busy, or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it like plays on a improv, improviser world says you're a jerk if you say no. I mean, this is a these are broad strokes. Right. Like you're you're a jerk if you say no. Uh, freelance world says they might never ask you again. Uh-huh. And you never know where this job will lead. Right. And saying no this is... This could be an opportunity. This could be an opportunity. Yep. Optimist me says that this could be really wonderful. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm missing out. I mean, it's like intense FOMO, right? I'm missing out sure. on something really wonderful. But I'm sure part of this is woman womanhood and part of this is my personality type is saying no feels like rejecting a person. Like mm. saying no will upset somebody and I desperately don't want to upset anybody. Mm-hmm. And so I will say yes if at all I can so that I get to remain the person who you can count on saying yes. You can count on her. She will say yes. Yeah, and so that's an interesting relationship to your identity right because you're i was going to say you're self-effacing but you're not effacing the part of you that likes to do that right you're supporting that persona and and the side of you that does enjoy that legitimately like yeah totally it's like there is i do thrive with a certain amount of activity yeah and you are effacing and or minimizing or not listening to or not honoring some part of you that's yeah. like actually it would be better to have this space. Maybe you need a little bit of time. Right. Yeah, exactly. Fascinating. Yeah. So that's why it just feels like saying no. And 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 I think on stage there is an interesting parallel, which is a great freedom you find realizing that you're not a slave to the yes on stage either. That you're allowed to see your character's allowed to say no. <laughs> For a, in a lot of different contexts. Right, and that and that's a misunderstanding that a lot of people have about improv. So, I, I think when people who haven't learned improv hear about it, they think, "Oh, you have to say yes to everything." Yeah, and and we've talked about it. I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but that for beginning improvisers in a really beginning class, they're like, "Yeah, I'm actually going to encourage you to just say yes, literally say yes." Yeah. So anytime it, there's a question, say yes. One of the, uh, I think I use it as an example in the book. Like when we did park bench scenes on our retreat, you know, two people meet each other on a park bench, they're strangers, and one person says, would you like a piece of chocolate? And the other person says, no, I don't eat chocolate. We would encourage them to say, no, go ahead and say yes. Say yes. There's no no reason. Your character might not want the chocolate. Maybe your character doesn't eat sugar or wouldn't trust the chocolate from another person. But 
for the sake of the scene, just say yes. Yeah. It's fine. And, like, you just fucking came up with your character. How deeply held right. belief do you have that this character yeah. does it? It's like, come on. Like, just yeah. go with it, right? Just, because what that no is, is refusing to be changed by somebody else, right. right? It's like refusing to, like, oh, yeah, I'll jump on that offer and see where it goes. Like, I'll... Yeah. No keeps you right where you were. Yes, moves you, moves you closer to that person, right? So, especially for the beginners, then. Like, yeah, just say yes. Just do it. Just say yes. And then when we get to more nuanced characters and scene work and more experienced improvisers, then the characters might say no to a particular uh, in, invitation from another character, but they're still saying yes to the scene, or the, to, the to the premise, re, to the reality, the reality that they've invented or that they've created or that yeah. they've discovered. You know, it would be a real disservice if you've created a character who has these particular very deeply held beliefs or traits or qualities and, and then another character offers them something that would go against it and there's and and you would say yes automatically it's like doesn't quite honor yeah what's an example of that like if we established that a character was afraid of heights and then they said let's go on a roller coaster they just said okay yes yeah without having some resistance to it yeah without honoring that it's like this character does not want to go to it right right or or we establish a character who's in a very happy, loving relationship. It's a monogamous relationship. They're committed. It's good. There's no there's no hint of discontent. And then somebody else makes some like play for him and hits on him and, and they say yes. Right. And it's like, wait. Well, yeah, that character wouldn't say yes. It doesn't that. make sense with what we knew about this character. So it's it's not that our brains can't make sense of that offer. It's just like you know, it's an example of like, you, you don't need to say yes to yeah. everything if you're saying yes to the reality that you all have shared together. And sometimes we, as players, make one another offers with the expect- expectation that they'll say yes. Like, my character in this situation would hit on you, and your character in this situation would rebuff me. Right. And so if you say yes to my offer, it's kind of like, oh, uh, right. I don't want to see that coming because I thought we were both in a different reality. Yeah. So you know? the the, wor- the words no or no thanks or I won't do that coming out of the character's mouth yeah, are a way of saying yes to the, to the reality. To the of the scene. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, uh, and it's lovely to, to realize that like you, if you understand that what we want to do is all be moving in a similar direction together, then you can say anything you want. Yes. And... Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, that means literally accept the offers of your partners. And then you, right. right. And then we like explore the applications of those things. What you're talking about with your life, learning to be able to say no to some offers, either the ones that don't light you up or that you don't have room for, or you're, or you're preserving some space, reminds me of what we've talked about a long time ago when we were talking about the, the, um, what comes next game uh-huh. or we're going back and forth building a story what comes next and if what your partner says doesn't delight you then you can say nope uh-huh. and that nope was a it's a a friendly cheerful request for a different choice for something different yeah it's not a that sucked i'm i'm I don't like what you did, and I'm you know I'm denying it. With yeah, a, I reject your offer. It's just like oh something else, please. Something else, please. Yeah, it's friendly. It's it, yeah. Yeah, and and so that you know, can you bring that quality of saying nope to the choices in your life when somebody is giving you a freelancing offer or mm-hmm. a friend wants to do something? Ah, just I really need to preserve that time for myself. Yeah, you know? and then it doesn't have that same 
it doesn't seem to violate the improviser's code that way. Totally. Right? Totally. Well, does, there's the, like... does this delight me? No. I'll do something different. Yeah, but the problem is everything. Everything is delightful. Like, there's uh-huh. so many things that are delightful, right? And there's a, there's a way that, like... I just like bend in the direction of delight and like yeah. will find the delight. I will find it, yes. you know. And so I have to really work hard to accept a couple of things. And one of them is the fact that you are human means you will have to say no to things that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't have infinite resources. Right. There always will be fun things that you could be doing. The fact of life is you are going to have to say no to some of them. You cannot do them all. And then the other like way that I uh, like use the improviser's code in order to feel good saying no, oh, is to say right. What is that? Like what is that? It's not jerry rig. It's bypass or it's like a it's like hijack. hot wire hi, hijack maybe something graft. Not that word certainly. Okay, but you but, know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. oh, I will like aikido this splice. No, also not. It's a hijack is the closest. Okay. It's another word like that. Anyway, is to say, well, every yes that you say is a no to something else. Correct. And every no you say is, is a, a yes, yes to something else. So it's just like, well, what are what deserves your yes right now? Like, what needs your yes mm-hmm. right now? There's a lot of different options. They all could go in different ways. What needs your yes? Is Does rest need your yes right now? Then that's what you need to say yes to. Mm. And that that requires saying no to something else. And then the other thing that helped me... But it is hard to have that level of intention about every choice when, like, my life is full of choices. Right. And you're also dealing with your constitutional preference as an extrovert. Mm-hmm. Be like, yeah, sure. Okay, great. Yeah. I don't have as much trouble saying no to things. I'm like, mm, nah, I don't really. I'm, I don't I'm feel fine. like doing that. I'm fine. I'm like, I can't imagine. <laughs> I don't feel like doing that. It's like. I'm good. Yeah. It's, it's rather, I can imagine it, and it takes a lot. Right. Whereas for me, I like, I need to coach myself to say yes. <laughs> to to like, say go out, do that. Go, yeah. go for Try it. it. Yeah. Try it. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be awesome. Yeah. So the, the, there's, that's in the mix too. I mean, of course, there are things that I'm like, geez, I've got so much going on. I need to say no to more things. Mm-hmm. But my life tends to be more spacious than yeah. yours. Yeah. I'm fascinated by this because when you mentioned the topic earlier i was thinking about in mindfulness is there a place in the mindfulness tradition where we say no yeah and i'm not sure that there is hmm. because the whole part of the whole point or maybe maybe even the whole point is to say to be present for what is mm-hmm. and to not deny that right to like okay uh, i'm here right now this is happening. This is true. And I'm having this feeling. That is also true. I'm noticing this dynamic, right? And, and can I say, can I let that in? Can I open to the fullness of that experience? Can I even savor it and sink into it and really experience it? Yeah. Rather than pushing it away or denying it. Or... Yeah, because even the things that you don't want, I was like... Mm-hmm mind wandering or addiction or you know like it's like can you lean into it yeah it's like you want to say yes to all of those things right because but in a, uh you want to accept that they are happening 
and that's this that's what the yes means the yeah. yes is to accept that it's true for that moment it's not a judgment on the thing right and it's not it's just well it's not my job to judge this it's just what's happening and it, it's it's an interesting way that uh, i like how mindfulness says yes without having to feed it mm-hmm. right it's not and it's not yes and that's a really interesting point yeah yeah so like when i went to uh seattle with a friend a couple of weeks ago part of, we one of the things that was a conflict for us it was the first time we'd spent this kind of time together was that in, in my mindfulness way i i if i was having a mood like i was frustrated about something or just feeling itchy or lonely or sad or whatever the thing i was yeah, feeling have a mood i would just want to say it I'm feeling kind of sad. Without needing to do anything about it. It's yeah. just I just want to name it. And so I'm yesing. What's there. What's there. In a way, I think of it as honoring it. But it's also giving voice to it, like pointing out a cloud so the cloud can move along. Yeah. And my friend would like either tell me I shouldn't be feeling that way. There was some reason why I shouldn't be feeling that way. Or said, if you keep talking about it you're going to make it stronger you're like promoting it like what you the the wolf that you feed is the one that grows that kind of notion yeah and on one level i th- i think that's true like where we turn our attention it grows yeah and but there's some point before that in mindfulness practice like no i'm just naming it i'm i'm in i'm out i name it done yeah I'm not going to linger or like turn on it or like get so associated with it. That's like, it's all of who I am. Yeah. Because I think that would build it. Right. But this like really light touch of, yes, that is true right now. Yeah. And then let it go. Yeah. So I don't know if there is in mindfulness practice. I know. saying, yeah. And, And I also think that when we are truly present to what's going on for us, if I've been meditating and if I've been doing yoga, that I'm the no's that get in the way of other yeses become really easy. Like the choices we make, you know, I, I can see, I guess we do say no to our reactivity in that sense. Like I'm going to put a pause in, in between my stimulus and my reaction. Like, mm-hmm. like, oh, pause. And so. Right. When you make a different choice, when you, when you make a choice about something, you, right. you elect one thing and not another. Yeah. And so even that's not quite a no, it's like, I'm going to choose this instead. Well, but, that's what we're talking about. Sure. Sure. So I, I, I don't know where it shows up if it does. Yeah. Okay. But having said that, yes. I also went to astrology, which oh. isn't really mindfulness, but it's part of the Ted worldview thing. <laughs> yeah. Which is so TM in astrology. How much do you, do you know much about astrology? Uh, uh, just a tiny bit. A pinky. A pinky nail. Pinky, pinky nail. Okay, so usually when people talk about astrology, they, they talk about their sun sign. I'm a Sagittarius. Cancer. I'm a Sagittarius. And so each planet, sun being a planet, is in a certain sign, and the planet represents a part of who you are, a part of your psyche. So the sun is like your identity what gives you warmth what gives you power and it has the quality of that sign so if you're a Sagittarius it's like exploring going out into the world learning if you're cancer it's nurturing at home tender you know what's the minimum shell in the crab mm-hmm. to protect the tender inside that kind of thing oh yeah kind of interesting 
So, but each planet has a different quality, right? Uh, sun is that identity. Moon is like your heart, your variability, your moods, that kind of thing. Okay. All that to say, Jupiter is like the planet of yes. Mm. Saturn is the planet of no. Mm. So Jupiter's like bountiful table, big, you know, I think of like the king with like yeah. buffet. The Everybody m- come the in. The more the merrier. Have another turkey leg. Bring in the jesters. Eat, drink, be merry. Yeah, we've got the like cavorting yeah. and the... Abundance and joy Everybody's and happy, togetherness. Right? Yeah. And it's like when Jupiter comes by, blessing, goodness, say yes to this. We like that. Saturn is father time with the scythe who like cuts and limits and restriction and calls calls and usually people think of saturn as like a bummer because it closes things down yeah and puts a kind of gray cloud over things where jupiter's like bright big and bright but saturn has those cool rings though saturn has and that, that's like a belt oh right a constricted like a, con, a containment Look belt at that. yeah i see it more like a tutu but i get it i see i see <laughs> I don't know how Saturn would feel about that. I like, yeah. But so, but you know, you, you want to have Saturn healthy as well because it like it keeps you on schedule. So you can do the healthy nose. Exactly. Yeah. It, you say no to what you need to say no to, so that you can say yes to what you need to say right. yes like to. Right. Like it's fun to it's fun to go to the dinner party at Jupiter's house, but you can't live there. You right. just be hungover all the time. You got to get shit done. You got to get shit done. And and Saturn can give you the 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 focus and the impetus to be like, yep. I'm getting up. I'm doing this. Here yeah. we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can also be a drag, mm-hmm. right? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. So my point in all that, using these mythical images to once again come back to our thing of like paradox, like both. So both and with the yes and the no. Like yeah. I want to be able to say a strong yes and I want to be able to say a strong no. Yeah. Instead of being in some neutral, I can't say either. Right. right. It's like it's like with the bass and the treble, we're gonna turn both of them up to ten. Yeah. Rather than keeping them at zero so they're in in balance at zero. We want like no, I actually want them both strong. That's like clown neutral. Yes. Remember clown neutral? I do remember I've that. I've talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But say it again. So it's because like, it's been a while. It's like when when you, when bo- your levels of ecstasy and despair are uh, perfectly matched. They're they're both running high in mm-hmm. you. And um, thank you, Rebecca Northern and John Turner for introducing me to Clown Neutral. Yeah. Um, but the idea that, yeah, you, you, you are experiencing a maximum of, of despair and a maximum of, of ecstasy at the same time, and they're just in perfect balance. Wow. Really intense. That's really cool. It's a very intense place to be. Right. And of course you could have your volumes at five. Yeah. For each of those, as well as for your yes and your no. Yeah. I like the idea of developing the ability to do both. And then I also, another cool thing about the astrological frame is that they suggest that there are times that are more influenced by one or the other. Mm. Right? So if Jupiter, for example, happened to be in the same place in the sky where the sun was when you were born, that's a time when you're going to be feeling more yes. You're gonna, it's like it's gonna. You're gonna want to say yes. You're gonna have opportunities to say yes. Life is gonna bring you yes experiences. If Saturn's in the same place in the sky where the sun was when you were born, life is gonna be kind of saying no to you more often, 
or encouraging you to say no or encouraging, encouraging you to set boundaries. Or suggesting that no might be a wise exactly. thing to consider right now. Exactly. So that there might be times when one or more, when one or the other is... More important. More important. Well, it's like there are people in the world who prefer to say yes and people who prefer to say no. Yeah. And those who say yes are rewarded by the adventures they have and those who say no are rewarded, rewarded by the safety they attain. This being a quote from Keith Johnstone. Keith Johnstone in Impro. And it feels nice because it doesn't say that one is good and one is bad. It just says that they'll bring you different things. That's right. And I'm like an adventure junkie. So, right. So say it again. The those people who, say- who prefer to say yes and the people who prefer to say no. And those who say yes are rewarded by the adventures they have. And those who say no are rewarded by the safety they attain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the yes leads you to, as you said, to adventure, to change, to moves you. The yes moves growth, you, to, yeah. yeah, toward some something that you may not be able to control. And so the yes can be scary, but for me, no, no is much scarier than yes. Yeah, and and right, and I, I think both of us promote a kind of adventurous, playful approach to life that is more yes leaning. Yeah, you know, it's sort of like yeah, try it out. Yeah. Because it's cool. It's really fun. Right. Go for it. Uh, and in general, I think it's a good way to go. Like, I'm yeah. really grateful for the things that I've gotten to do because I tend to say, yes, I've had a very, very full life. But at the same time, there's like things where it's time to hone another skill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think, it, I, think, I think what it asks me is like, well, what is, what are your criteria for saying yes or no? And that forces me to go, what am I here for? Ooh, like on the planet. What yeah, what what's important to me? Mm-hmm. How do I make my decisions? What's the what's the guiding compass? Yes. To yeah. Say, yeah. What yeah. thing to say yes to? Yeah. Okay, and your answer? <laughs> um. Ooh boy. Cake. Cake. Oh, what flavor? <laughs> no, I don't know. Ah, I feel like the two. The two that I've been clear on, mm-hmm. one was repatterning my connection with my father. Like the, if we were karmically connected before or whatever, but like healing that disconnect that we had when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah. Great relationship. <laughs> That's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> that works. Healing that relationship. And then the other is building a like romantic, loving partnership. Uh-huh. And I don't know if it's just because a psychic told me that when I was 18 or because I like to feel that way, but I feel like that's kind of what I'm here for, uh-huh. which is part of why it's been hard not to yeah. have it, right? It feels like oh, that's what I'm here for. Well, why? If you did that, what would you have? I don't is know. Is that the end? That's a great question. Or is that the means, you know, is that the, well, an end in and of itself? That's like, a great question. When I was with, when I was with Melissa, my partner of five years, yeah, I felt like our connection, the groundedness of that connection, the intimacy of that connection allowed me to step into a different level of my professional life. Mm-hmm. Like I started writing a blog. I went on my sabbatical that led to moving out here, that led to the book, that led to this podcast. All this stuff I've done in the last seven, eight years came out of the the garden of that relationship. And you feel like it wouldn't have happened had you not had it? It's, yeah, maybe. 
Maybe, but it, it's interesting. I, I love your question because it's almost like I don't know if there's something else after it, but I know that that comes first. It feels like that. It feels that way. Like that. If that's in place, something else is going to be possible. And I and I imagine the partnership being that way. Like we can do something together that I couldn't do otherwise. And you can't see what that is yet. Yeah. Well, I, I want to say one other thing too, yeah. which is that I also think that I'm here for something that isn't of my own choosing that I'm kind of doing anyway. Right? That, okay, I've got the stuff with my dad, check. Relationship, check or not check. Something else is happening that it's good for me to be here and that's... On earth. Yeah. That I'm doing something that I'm here for that I may not recognize. Do you think that's true of everybody? Sure. Hopefully I'm doing more of it than they are. Well, though. you're unique. Yeah. You're, you're different. You're different and special. Different and special and unique in a special way. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So anyway, I just want to say, like, I don't feel like my life is not going to be great. Or you like won't, I haven't you contributed. Have done if I, it if you if don't, don't have a relationship. Have yeah, right. That kind of primary relationship ongoing that I imagine. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. I get to be like 80. I'm like, you know, and I've like changed thousands of lives and people have been really moved by all the work I've done. None of worth like, anything. Ah, but I didn't. Yeah. Find my person. Yeah. But we'll see. But you were, I, do you remember what you were going to say when I wanted to add my third piece there? Oh, just that I worked with a guy named Bernie Roth at the D school at Stanford who, uh, through sort of a process of design thinking, always thinks, always asks what the why is behind the solution you think you need. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, I need to get married. Well, well, why? Like, right. what would that give you? Well, it would give me companionship and it would give me uh, sort of like a- an anchor and it would give me someone to check in with every day and it mm-hmm. would give me, you know, accountability and it would give me this and that. It would give me good sex. It would give me whatever. And it's like, well, so, okay, if those are the things you want, let's look at things that could give you those things. It's okay, let's right. look at accountability. Right. What are five ways you could get accountability? Let's look at good sex. Here's five ways you could get good sex. Let's look at yeah. companionship. Here's a five ways you could get companionship. So it's sort of like unhinges the thing that I'm chasing, you know what I mean? Or yeah. uh, it unhinges me from that thing. It's like dog from on a bone. format, yes. Yeah, from this particular form of, uh, or... Um, what's the word? Yeah, of a solution. Mm-hmm. The manifestation mm-hmm. of a solution to these yeah. problems. But it, right? And so that's why I ask, like, is that really the end? Or is the end result right. something that a relationship would allow you to have? And if you can articulate that, then we yeah. can find out, well, how do we get that? There are a couple thoughts come to mind. One is that it's, you know, I've got a lot of the things that you said, the sort of the companionship and, and great sex and friendship and a sort of sense of family. Yeah. I think that the two biggest things that that come to mind, one is belonging, Mm -hmm. like a mutual belonging of like... I belong to you, you belong to me. We're here together. We have each other, yeah. And then there's also that the cauldron or opportunity of that kind of relationship is a particular growth experience. Like, I can learn so much about myself in that setting, and you can learn so much about yourself, and we can become something together... It's really kind of like the partnership of improv or teamwork. It's something about building a team of yeah. two mm-hmm. that, yeah, I could get some of my needs met somewhere else. I could get some of my, but it's not that team of two thing. Right. You know? And so I think that's, I think that's where it's got some particular special juice to it. But it's a great question. Yeah. 
I'm like in devil's advocate land right now, which I don't know is helpful. Well, go for it. But but like I can always say no. Every situation has an opportunity to teach you things that other situations won't teach you. Yes. Like sure. Right? I mean it's like you have a chance to learn and grow in yeah. ways that you would Right. The, right? You have a chance right now being single, being single and seeking. This is teaching you things you right. would not learn in a relationship. Sure. This is showing you things about yourself. This is testing you in ways you would not be tested if you had a partner. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, yeah, you could define this period of your life by what you don't have. Mm-hmm. But that sort of sells this period of your life short, maybe. All of this, of course, is like under the umbrella of I want a partner too. Do you know what I mean? So it's like I'm not, I'm not like arguing for something, but it's interesting to sort of question the premise that like right the only lessons worth learning are the ones you could get in partnership yeah i definitely wouldn't say they're not the only ones i but just the, feel strongly but the best to ones them. are the yeah and it's like and it, yeah i get that it's like those are the ones you want the most and and it doesn't it there's a level it doesn't just feel societally programmed or like romanticized and you know yeah no i feel camelot like that kind of it's like it feels like there's something in my soul again it's like this is what i came here for was to do this is to partner and <laughs> the image that this you're like penguins you're like a penguin I'm like a penguin you want to make for life the <laughs> there was have i ever told you about the past life she told me about she Maybe, told, but she I told me i was a farmer in oklahoma uh-huh in the oklahoma pan oklahoma texas panhandle like dust bowl time uh, yeah, maybe earlier than that, I okay. guess. But that I was really successful and like people in the town loved me. Like everybody liked me and I ran for office and I was public office, but I never had a family. And I like, I just did my thing. And, but it was like, okay, cool. Independent guy, a cattle guy who just has his, has his farm. But he never had that. And so like she said, so you're coming into this life, like that's what you're wanting to do is to seek out what does it mean to be in, you know, to take that kind of success. And, I wonder how you'd feel I if know, you never saw that psychic who like planted this seed was, that it, you're... I never saw her even. It was just a, a reading. Well, if you never, consult, if you never consulted with you. So maybe that was a seed planted yeah, that you have some like deep cosmic need to fill a void right, of partnership. Right. It's like, but even then, it felt like, yeah, that feels right. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I mean, I had the feeling when I was the freaking second grade. You know, oh, like, Ted. I know. Like, What's her name? Sarah Bobble. Sarah Whipple. Ripple. <laughs> Sarah Tuttle. Sarah Nice. Sarah Tuttle. Sarah Tuttle. Yeah, no, that was sixth grade. Sixth grade. Not second grade. Second grade was Bethel Heresy. First grade You're was, a four, right? First grade was Laura Tolman. A four on the Enneagram, yeah. You're a four on the Enneagram. Yeah. 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 So It might know. also be interesting to see somebody <laughs> who understands the Enneagram. <laughs> because fours have a seeking fit. Uh-huh. Says, we're getting deep now. The Enneagram is a system of nine personality types for those of you listening at home. <laughs> we're going to bring in astrology. Let's bring it all in. Let's bring it all in. Okay. I have some tea leaves. I have some tea leaves that I've read recently. This is when we expose just how woo woo Ted is, (laughs) and Lisa with a touch of it. Yeah, just a touch. In case you didn't know, it's not just improv and mindfulness, which are much more corporate. 
in comparison. Yeah. The Enneagram can be quite... A lot of workplaces use the Enneagram. I know. Little do they know it's a Kabbalistic Jewish mysticism practice. (laughs) (laughs) But it's great. It's great. It's great. Offers a lot of wisdom. But fours tend to have this... Tend to have this seeking, this like seeking the authentic experience, yeah, and and really aware of not having it, mm. and that I and that I wonder. Well, yeah, who knows? Do you recall when you were with Melissa and felt like that need was met? Did that show up in some other way? Good question. Uh, I mean, other than like sabbatical seeking, like what you're supposed inside, to be doing, or, yeah, seeking yeah. like what's my What's my unique voice? Yeah. That took on more prominence. But no, it mostly, when I was in that relationship, it just mostly felt like... Content. Home, content. I wasn't interested in other people. I I wasn't feeling... It just was great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> that farmer in Oklahoma is waiting for his family. Farmer, I like at one point I thought, I, I think I went and like tried to do a little research about like who were farmers, you know, who would just person had been kind of oh thing. yeah but when i was really young i thought i was uh martin luther king reincarnated oh martin luther king jr yeah oh my god Ted. and i was like i have to talk about delusions of grandeur yeah i just thought he was awesome i was like no i think that's who i was and then at some point i figured out that he died like three months after i was born and you're like oh <laughs> shoot mm. i guess probably not i guess that's off the table <laughs> i guess i can't be mlk jr Otherwise, it all checks out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... That is totally amazing. A strong sense of self as a child. Let's just say, like, (laughs) really... Yeah. Yep. Yep. Then I realized it wouldn't work. (laughs) The math didn't... Was there someone else that took over then? Were you like, oh, well, in that case, probably... No. No, but when I had that... Tubman or something. (laughs) Reincarnated. When I had that reading done, I did think oh i wonder if that was the last life because if that was in like the 20s or 30s then i I guess i didn't have a life between then and 1968 like i don't know if i believe in all that anymore but but you did in second grade i well no just in second grade i felt drawn to relationship (laughs) and also thought you were martin luther king oh oh, oh, right no i did believe in yes i did believe in past lives and multiple lives Mm mm-hmm did you did you ever think you were somebody no reincarnated yeah no never yeah. i mean i you know when i like learned that some people believe that i was like oh what would i want to come back as you know it, it right. was like that it was i never was like funny how sense that i'm yeah usually one of the, the soul of somebody like i never got that one of the things that like i'm not as enchanted with new age thinking as i used to be i still think some of it's spot on but like Usually in the like reincarnation circles, and you go back and you do past life stuff. Everybody's like, "I was a prince, I was an Egyptian god." You're like, yeah, right. Uh, you You're weren't. Like, you could weren't we all, all have been princes? You all we were not all goddesses. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. <laughs> somebody had to be this the slave. Like really for unhapy. Word, like, like somebody. You're just building the pyramid, yeah. and life sucked. <laughs> somebody did that. And that, but nobody have as nobody gets yeah. that when they go to get their past lives read. No. Doesn't pay. No, sometimes you'll hear about unpleasant past lives, but like it's rare. Usually, somebody's like some magnificent something or other. Yeah. But the same is true with genealogy. Like, you know, I've got however many 
great, 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 great grandparents, but I know of the ones that were really famous or right. interesting or so okay, maybe that's maybe that's how the past life thing is working. You're the sun goddess child because that's the one that's got the notoriety. Right. You definitely would have been a descendant of ISIS. Because you're most interested in hearing about that story, and I can skip over the one where you right. just like pay, you know, yeah. Where you built firecrackers in some Chinese hovel yeah. in a small village outside of Beijing. It wasn't Beijing, it was the emperor's palace or something, yeah. It's like nobody ever, yeah, it's like if you heard that you you were just a horrible person. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you were just a whore. No, no. <laughs> No, you're just like a right. really morally bankrupt. Yeah. You did horrible things to people. Yeah. Like, nobody wants to hear that. No. I guess the psychics are saying no to that. Yeah. They're saying yes to the pleasing ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we get that was a little tangent, <laughs> but I liked it. Speaking of yes and no. So, okay. Well, so any other thoughts about yes or no in the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation you want to get to? I, I've got one, actually. Yeah. I want to just acknowledge that I think that it's been happening for a couple of years in the world of improv now, as it has been happening in the larger society. The importance of women being able to say no on mm-hmm. stage, yeah. a literal no, and even of the character, you know, like improviser to improviser in terms of... The improviser saying no to a choice that's being made. Yeah. Yes. When something is offensive or boundary breaking or yeah. not respectful or... yeah. You know, when they're in a situation they don't want to be in. They're being harassed. It crosses a line for them. Yeah. yeah. And so even to be able to stop a scene and say, you know what, this scene's done. Yeah. On to the next scene. Right. That that feels to me like uh, a stake in the ground that's really important. And, you know, okay, ideally it's, well, I don't even know if I want to say ideally, but maybe it's delivered like the, nope, nope, I don't want that. Yeah. It's just a really clear boundary set. Yeah. But even if it has a little bit of anger and... Sting. Sting to it. Like, you know what? Let's bring that out. Right. Well, and that, I feel like that points to this, this question of conditioning and like being aware, being aware of the loading that people are bringing to the table. Yes. In terms of how likely are people like being willing to break the pattern of just saying yes. Mm Mm-hmm. For any number of reasons, because they don't want to upset people, because they don't want to uh, uh, be hard to work with, right. they don't want to be interpreted as like the feminist crazy, the one who doesn't, who's uncomfortable with everything, the one who you know, like all the, yep. all the punishment you can get for not going along with for it, for standing up, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I wanted to add that in before yeah, we finished up. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. That had occurred to me earlier, and I forgot as well. Yeah, but super important. Mm-hmm. And and super important for organizations to discuss how do we say no to each other mm-hmm. <laughs> so that it doesn't feel like such an uphill battle. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like I'm breaking all of the boundaries by yeah. saying no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, saying no to behavior without saying no to a person's identity or yeah. sen- the, you know, who they are, their personhood, right? Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I think it's about time to wrap it up then. Yeah, I like that Jupiter-Saturn stuff. Interesting, huh? Yeah, it's fun. Mm -hmm. All right, well, yeah, let's say goodbye. Check it out. Check out astrology. Check out the Enneagram. All sorts of ways to learn. Yeah, Uh, I can't believe we haven't talked about the Enneagram. Just hang with mindfulness and improv. Yeah, okay. All right, thanks everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening. Ciao.
we've we've gone down the road. The road was paved or dirt. We didn't know. Do you remember way back then? That's right. You forgot about no, that. No, I remember. I really remember. I was just hoping that we it would blow over <laughs> oh. and we could we could oh, get we, out of the metaphor. I guess. <laughs> I brought us right back in. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I parachuted us back to the road. All right. Well, okay. everybody, thank you for listening. Yeah. Great to have you with us. Yeah. Are you are you leaving fired up or are you leaving uh, stirred in any way? Intrigued? Rededicated? Hmm. To what? To this idea of of knowing what I'm saying yes to and what I'm saying no to, and because those things align with things that are important to me. Cool. Love it. Yeah, that that piece was cool. And the Saturn, yeah, that Saturn Jupiter, like there's times for yes and times for no, and I would argue that there's that every time is a time for yes and a time for no. Mm. I mean, it, you know, mm-hmm. um, you which is just the... what are you saying yes to, right. or what mm-hmm. are you saying yeah. no to, and how are you, you know, like mm-hmm. I don't know that I would argue that, but I would suggest, mm-hmm. I would consider. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. that's what I'm thinking about. I'm feeling a little bit vulnerable having shared what I shared, but I'm also feeling okay with that. Mm-hmm. And that that's part of, that's part of what I'm saying yes to in my life right now is to, cool. in, in a mindfulness kind of way, I'm like, well, what's true? What if I don't need to hide it? Yeah. You know, what if I can be authentic and just claim it? Yeah. And uh, so that feels good. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by this notion of having a robust balance between the yes and the no in my yeah. life. The turning the volume up on both yeah. so that I can I can do more of each rather than just more kind of wholeheartedly flatline in, in both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I like that notion. Great. Cloud neutral. So I'm intrigued, intrigued by how I might do that. Yeah. yeah, fun. So cool. Yeah. Okay. You're going on, you're traveling. I go to again. Paris tomorrow. I can't believe we didn't talk about that. And then to summer camp. And then to summer camp, so, so I'll be back in the middle of July. It might be a while between our, now and our next episode. Yeah, and episode. then do you go somewhere when, I'm go, when I get back? I'm going to go to uh, New England and New York to visit family and to see, uh, to take part in the Applied Improvisation Network. Is that August? Conference, end of July and August. End of July, so of we'll, we'll maybe have a little bit of time in there. Yeah. So we'll see. To do a cast. Could be till the end of July when we do our next episode. but uh, Likely. Until then. Oh, it will definitely be until then, but hopefully it will be then. And, uh, but yeah, lots of adventures. If you would like to get in touch with us, info at monsterbabypodcast.com. Oh, I got two Shakespeare, improvised Shakespeare shows at the end of July. Where are those happening? At Bats Improv on Saturdays. You can go to LisaRowland.com to find out. Oh, that's a great place to go. Yeah. Nice place to hang out. Uh, and of course, if you're interested in Playful Mindfulness, the book based on this very same podcast, Yay. you can go to playfulmindfulness.info. Go get it. Get it. Read it. Enjoy get it. Get six of them and give them as gifts. Yeah, please. We'll sign them if you ask him. I, I totally will. Yeah. So. All right. All right, folks. Get out of here. Thank you. Enjoy your life. Say yes to something. Say no to something. Have a great summer. Ciao.